Just how many boats can a giant shark eat? And will Winnie the Pooh's new film be pushed aside by the latest Spike Lee joint? Oh, bother. We discuss this and more today on The Real Review, so stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. Everybody, I'm here with Joel Isamegalodon Cunningham. Oh, man, you took mine. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that that was like the most obvious one, though. So You can I'll, say it if you want. You I'll come try. up with it. Well, I'll just do Matt Jason Statham. Hey. <laughs> yeah. That's my All right. impression of a Jason Statham. Well done, Joel Cunningham. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> He's got the most distinct style to his voice. I don't know. Like, you know where it comes from. Like, it's obviously, you know, English. Yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. Know, it, it's, it's Scottish, right? <laughs> so I know what it's... It's I Scottish. Know. I, I don't know. But it's like, it, even that still, it's still got his own little twist on it. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. great. And, kind of this ruggedness to yeah, it. Yeah, and I don't know if you're familiar with sort of his history of like Jason Statham's like background. He lived a pretty hard life and sold watches on the street and all this other stuff and... Uh, I knew he did like diving or something like that at one point in time. Yeah, I mean, he well, he lived a pretty rough life uh, growing up, from what I understand, and then he kind of uh, eventually broke into the acting world. Uh, pretty amazing story. I he broke in like the Italian job. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, Jason Statham, I need to be in all these films, right?" <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> super fun, <laughs> super fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, hey, welcome to the show today. We are going to be talking about a few things. Uh, if you're not uh, familiar with the concept of what we do here on the show, uh, The Real Review, uh, you have uh, myself, you have Joel. We kind of uh, approach uh, movie reviewing with two different perspectives. I am a little bit more... Uh, forgive, rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> rock and roll. I'm a bit rock when it comes roll. to like some of the uh, technical elements, I'm a little bit um, forgiving. I'm more about, you know, how does it make me feel? Did I enjoy that? Did I have fun? Um not to say I can't get into some of the nitpicky stuff, but that's really where Joel comes into play. <laughs> he gets nitpicky, he gets negative, and tears it's a it given. apart. He, yeah, yeah that's, it's that's what I would say. I'm a given nitpicker, and you're kind of like an occasional nitpicker, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a proud member, card carrying member. It's like pessimism and optimism. Oh, okay. Kind of, yeah, kind a of little like bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was actually making a play off of another film we're going to be talking about, The Black Clansman, which I don't <laughs> know how go. to pronounce <laughs> the name of it. Clansman. <laughs> yeah, um, card carrying member. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, that's kind of how the show works. Joel, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody how they can get connected with us? Sure. So we've got some great ways to get connected to the podcast. Um, we have our website, which is realviewmedia.com. Uh, we'd also encourage you to check out our Facebook, which we, where we post a lot of content on there, which is facebook.com slash realreviewmedia. Uh, we both have Instagram and Twitter as well for our podcast and vidcast on occasions. We're not doing the vidcast this time. But when we do, um, you can find out more about our Instagram, Twitter, searching us at at Real Review Media. And then, as mentioned, we do have the YouTubes. Uh, it's YouTube slash, YouTube.com slash Real Review. The right? Real the Review. Real review. Yep. Yeah, I should know that. <laughs> and then finally, we love to hear from you. We love to hear your thoughts and perspectives, uh, any of your opinions and input into what we're doing and how you feel like we're doing, thoughts on films that you've seen and shows. Send us an email, realreviewmedia at gmail.com. And I'm going to have to adjust the way I'm sitting, Matt. Yeah, this is, you should figure that out. I'm like, I'm halfway between a lay down and a, and a sit 
down and it's just that weird. I don't weird... even know why you started like that. I don't know. It just it, <laughs> I thought it would be more comfortable, you know, because we're not doing the vidcast. I could kind of recline a little yeah, bit. and it Kind just, of relax. Yeah. It's like, you know, you. it was like I constantly felt like I was in a state of falling. Yeah, it was how that was working. Super fun. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't leaning. I wasn't, you know, sitting. So, yeah. Well, there. good. Well, you go ahead and get yourself adjusted. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and intro us into the first film that we're going to talk about. We both saw this Do movie. It. Do it. And it's called The Mig. The or Meg. The Meg. Yes. However you want to say that. So, um, I this movie. The Mig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Mig. The Anyways, um, after escaping an attack by what he claims was a 70-foot shark, Jonas Taylor must confront his fears to save those trapped in a sunken submersible. And uh, it's really more than that. That's kind of like the first half. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't say fears. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Statham, I don't think, has ever been ever yeah. been afraid in any movie. He does ever. something uh, kind of towards the in the first half of the movie, towards the end of the first half of the movie, that I would say... Um, I would have said nope to real quick, and yeah. and I think a lot of people would have. Oh yeah, and I was like, why? Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, thank you. And <laughs> and he's like, I'll do it. I'm like, yeah, what? Get out <laughs> yeah. of here. Nobody uh, in their right mind would do that. <laughs> I will say one of the things about this film is that immediately it slaps you in the face that this is like a PG-13 outing, mm-hmm. and I think. Uh, not to jump right into the negatives too much, but uh, <laughs> but if there's anybody that's going to do that, it's going to be it's going to be me, yeah. the nitpicker card member, yeah, card carrying <laughs> member. Um, there was like an opening scene that's kind of set designed to set up Jason Statham's backstory and where he's hopefully going to de- to develop out of over the course of the film, right. which is like the very obvious, like I'm doing my job because I care about people, but then something horrible happens and I get blamed for it. Right, right, right. Um, and he goes into this, and I'm not going to spoil things too much here. I don't think care- people are going to care too much, but he goes into the submersible that mm-hmm. he's trying to save these people out of, and uh, there's this guy who's, who's in there, yeah. and he's like, I need help, I can't walk. And I'm thinking like, you know, this is a shark movie. This is, you know, Jason Statham. It's going to be like this guy's leg is like hanging off, you know, or like some, you <laughs> right. know, gaseous thing or right. like he's missing his leg or something. And they're like the camera like pans down to his leg and it's like this like sliver of a cut. It's like <laughs> it's like one inch long and it's like a, like not even like it's basically like a surface level cut. And I'm like, really, bro? Like yeah. that's what sucked. I was like, OK, PG-13. Beyond, it, maybe it maybe was something deeper. Maybe, maybe. It was a femur. It, it was it, maybe if maybe it was like a deeper. Was just happened to be there. Well, I'm saying maybe the cut was emotional, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that's where you were going. He's like, my, he's like, my emotions just aren't in check right now. I need <laughs> cut my walking. leg, but really cut my spirit. So, <laughs> yeah, but that put a really bad taste in my mouth. Really? As far as, okay. you know, what to expect as far as intense intensity. Right. You know? This movie would have, let me let me just uh, go on first First thing, uh, directed by John Turtletop, obviously starring Jason Statham, mm-hmm. um, Bing Bing Lee, Rain Wilson, Cliff Curtis, uh, Winston Chow, Ruby Rose, uh, Paige Kennedy, Robert Taylor, number of people. Um, oh, also Shuya, Sophia Kai, who I enjoyed. Yes. Um, She's a big Chinese actress. Right. She's so over there. Um, this movie, I will say this. I think this movie would have been better suited. As I was making a joke, film. by the way. She's a kid. I, she might be a big name over in China. I don't know. She's a just oh. a young child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. She's huge over there. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, no, you're good. So the uh, I think that this movie would have benefited from... Uh, being potentially R-rated. I think so. Um, it, it seemed like, and the reason why I say that is because I don't think it was made with being PG-13 in mind. I feel like yeah. they made it and had to cut back stuff. I would agree. Yeah. Um, it's always better to make it with what you have in mind 
and keep it that way rather than having to like cut out sections of film or footage because it's too graphic to accommodate a PG-13 audience. Yeah. Um, so I I I had I had enough fun with this movie going into it. Um, my predisposition to enjoying shark movies um, and monster <laughs> movies. Yeah. Uh, that helped. Um, I did like some of the, um, and I was telling you about this earlier. I do like the prospect of, of what the science sets up in the beginning. Yeah. What that means for future installments for this movie, <laughs> because this movie is making money. Yeah. So I think that we're going to see some stuff happening down the road with it. Um, I think the big reason this is making as much money as it is, is China. Yeah. Um, because this is a film that in, in so many ways was designed to appeal to both the American and the Chinese market. I mean, they, right. they include, they included Chinese actors, very famous ones over in China. They yeah. set the entire film for the most part in China, uh, or around China. Um, there's just so much about it that I'm just kind of like, okay, you're really trying to win over that audience while still releasing it because yep. Chinese people, for the most part, really love the American films. It's made uh, it's made more money in China than it has here. Right. Um, overall, it's made three hundred eighteen million dollars on a hundred thirty million dollar production budget, so it's doing fine. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that just opens more possibilities. I love shark movies because I think sharks are terrifying. I like good shark movies. <laughs> I don't like movies that are lowest common denominator. This isn't. I don't. Feel like this is that though, in my opinion, because I feel like that's what Sharknado is. I feel like this is a slightly bigger budget version of Sharknado. It's not as it's ridiculous. Kind of, it's not quite as ridiculous. Like yeah. they tried. There they, was. There the thing was. Was is they didn't have the concept is ridiculous. Obviously, I mean the, the idea that there's this giant, huge sharks that are just kind of floating somewhere underneath, deep in the water in the Mariana Trench that they've just never discussed. I mean, seventy percent of the ocean is unexplored, Joel. <laughs> sorry, you just, don't know. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't. I mean, know if they popped up know. a news story on CNN, whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, the concept to me is a bit outrageous, and but they tried to keep it in a sense grounded with the way that the story progresses and moves forward, except mm-hmm. for the fact that the shark is very much kind of like it just needs to do certain things at certain times. There's very much like what there's a concept that I've been researching and in, in doing writing and stuff like that with a lot of scripts. And it's this idea of agency mm-hmm. in a film. And it's the way that the actors roles play out over the course of the film and the impact that they actually have on the progression of the plot and the story. And there's certain kinds of stories like, a World War II story where the actor's portrayal and their impact on the story isn't necessarily that important right. because it's more about World War II right. and that battle. Whereas a story like this, it's kind of a mix between the agency of the shark and the agency of the actor. And I felt like there wasn't really a lot of that in anything. It was kind of like things were just happening because they needed to like, okay, well, we want to get this person eaten. Yeah. So what's the most realistic way we could set this up that they would get eaten? Right. You know, I, and it just kind of fell flat. It's... The, I didn't think the movie was great, but I, I found myself enjoying the ride while I was there. I think um, just to talk about, throw out some other positives there before I get into some of the things <laughs> that I didn't like, and yeah. we can talk more more about things you didn't like. I do have a positive. I can't you say You have a positive? Yeah, you can go ahead. Go oh ahead. my gosh. Okay. So um, I thought, I actually thought the shark looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um and they they had some really good shots in there. There's one underwater sequence that I was like, <laughs> yeah, that I was like, that is that was really really good and effective. Uh, it was scary. Um, I liked. Um, I've never. I feel like I've never seen her before. Uh, Jessica McNamee, the girl who plays uh, Jason Statham's ex-wife. Yeah, I don't think I've seen her before. Um, her and then also, um, 
I thought Cliff Curtis was good. He he was the least ridiculous, one of the least ridiculous characters. He was pretty just pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, but also, um, Shuya Sophia Cow plays a little girl. She was kind. great. Yeah. Honestly, she was one of the best actors in this entire thing. To yeah, me. yeah, yeah. She was actually really or Kai. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So she was really good. Jason Statham was just okay for me. So uh, Bing Bing Lee wasn't that great. No. Or yeah, I didn't think. She I was didn't that great think either. their dynamic, the romantic thing, felt more than. That's one of my negatives. Yeah. I didn't. I felt like that was extremely forced. Right. Um, Rain Wilson was okay. I actually liked him more than I thought I was because I thought he was going to be really, really um, annoying the whole time, but he wasn't. Um, uh, maybe I just went in with low expectations. I will say there was one scene that I did not think Ruby Rose did very well in. There's a couple. <laughs> uh, there was one for me, but I for 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 the most part, I thought that was the best I've ever seen her in yeah. a film. Anyways, it didn't make sense to me that they they. Because, you know, when you put her in a role, she's going to be edgy. Like, mm-hmm. she's got that design, the style, yeah. the haircut, and the they tattoos. They even talk about it. Right. And it didn't really <laughs> felt like she needed to be edgy. It almost felt like I would have enjoyed her character more if she was a bit less, like, intense. Because right. she sits behind a computer and engineers stuff, and she helps right. design and engineer the entire, like, structure, correct? Yeah. It, it just, it, like, so you're, like, a biker engineer chick? what's your thing? I didn't really get her thing, you know? And it just kind of annoyed me. And there was one specific scene as well where a character actually really annoyed me where, um, I'm going to kind of spoil it, but like she ends up getting, earlier on in the film, she ends up getting saved by Rain, mm-hmm. um, by his character Morris. Um, he helps pull her out of the water when she's like in yeah. danger of getting eaten by one of the sharks. So he literally saves her life. And then the very next scene, they're in boats and they're kind of like headed towards another destination. And he's being a little annoying, like yeah. he's talking on his phone or something like that, or a bullhorn. And she's like, can we just throw him in the water? And I'm like, he just literally saved your life. And now you're, because you're trying to be edgy, you're like, oh, let's just kill him. I don't even care. <laughs> it's just so it, like it didn't really hit. Yeah. You know, it felt like they more had caricatures and a certain paths that characters needed to march down. I would have been really interested to see because before John, John Turtletop signed on to direct this, it was going to be directed by Eli Roth. Oh, that would have been intense. Yeah, There's no. no way this would have been PG-13. Uh-uh, no, no, no. It would have been. <laughs> there would have been an R and then there would have been like an even R higher plus. R plus cut, yeah. you know, directors only. Yeah. So, so, the shark just sits there and eats them one bit by bit. That would have been really interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, as for a shark movie, I thought I I, I enjoyed it for the most part. It wasn't man great. Would have had no leg. Um, Wouldn't have had no leg in the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> negative. I think the worst thing to me was that love story. I uh, was forced. Did not work at all. Yeah. I think it. I think it kind of uh, made uh, Bing Bing Lee's less of a character. Agreed. Um, her character it just, it just kind of diminished it a little yeah. bit. I would have respected more if they hadn't gone down the romance path. Right. With them. Yeah. yeah, just kind of like, hey, you know, learn to respect each other kind of a thing right. as opposed to doing that. Um, and that was really it. I, I felt like there were some times where I was like, oh, they could have went a little bit further there, but they kind of, I think it was just a rating issue. Yeah. Um, other than that, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Um, and I think, I think, again, the thing that's most exciting about this movie to me is that there's with the science behind it is that there's going to be some potential more monster movies down the road. Yeah. And that's what I want to see. I like monster movies. Fair <laughs> enough. I, the, the positive from, for me is the visual style. I think they were very effective at times of kind of setting up something 
you know, there's like a scene where a guy's sitting next to a giant shark that they pull out of the water and you're thinking, oh my gosh. Yeah, second, that scene was a little intense. Right, you know? Like, and even though you're like, Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> what I needed was more moments like that yeah. where I'm kind of on the edge of my seat of like, Grr. but there's like plenty of moments where like Jason Statham's in the water and we're like a quarter way or halfway into the film and I'm like, they're not going to kill him. Right. Like he's not going to die, <laughs> you know? And so it's like there, there just wasn't any of that edge of my seat very often. It did happen like there and then mm-hmm. a couple other spots. Um, and then there was just plenty of moments where like you'd see something like one of the shots, uh, that happens in the trailer with, uh, Mei Ying, Mei Ying, yeah. uh, her little daughter mm-hmm. where the shark first like kind of pops up, um, was very effective visually. Yeah. Oh, that was good. Yeah. And there was a lot of moments where I was like, wow, that's just a really interesting kind of cool style. And it, it looked cool. And I wanted more of that. I yeah. wanted them to build on that stuff. Whereas yeah. it felt like they were just giving me cool visual style, but they weren't tying it into interesting story elements or twists. Um, even the scene where the shark really kind of invades an area where all the people are. Yeah. I'm like, there was such, so many cool shots. And then it just kind of like briefly is like, and eh, now people are dead. It's more it about like, ah, that, okay. that sequence, unfortunately played it more for the humor element of it than yeah. an actual and I'm like, like terrorizing. Thing. Right. Eli Roth would have done yeah. many bad things. And right. that's kind of what I was expecting. <laughs> but again, you know, PG 13. Exactly. So there was just a, a, not enough to really, and not to be all like cheesy shark, shark sure. joke, but not to latch onto. There wasn't yeah. enough in the script to really like get a bite out. <laughs> um, that I really felt like when I yeah. walked away, I'm like, that was a good, interesting, yeah. crazy, intense experience um, for me. So, yeah. yeah no um, what do you rate it? I'm gonna give it a 76. Okay, so that's C. not that's that's not too far from where I'm at. I'm actually yeah. close to like a C plus 78, 79. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The visually, it was good, like I said, and that, I thought the shark looked excellent. Yeah. Um, but so. it it aids it a lot because if you if you don't have at least that visual style, then yeah. it doesn't. And there was definitely a couple moments where I was a little bit like, good, like I would yeah. jump a little. But um, I don't know. I don't really want to see an, another. I know that they're going to make one. Because there's a sequel to the book. Right. And so they I'm excited. made a bunch of money. Yeah. So they're going to make another one. Maybe yeah. it'll be better. Maybe they'll give Eli Roth. Hey, that'd be crazy. That'd be, yeah, they can't throw that kind of money towards an R-rated film. Um, yeah. But yeah, awesome. Anything else you want to add on that movie at all? The I don't know. I, I There's plenty know. I could say that I'm kind of holding back because so we've got other stuff we've got to get to. Yeah. But, um, no worries. But yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Good to know. It's a good good gauge. Um, so the next movie I got a chance to see, you did not get a chance to nope. see, um, which is Christopher Robin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I saw this movie, and I think I think they did a good job with calling the movie Christopher Robin as opposed to calling it Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Um, let me just start off first uh, with the, kind of the synopsis. A working class family man, Christopher Robin, encounters his childhood friend Winnie the Pooh, who helps him rediscover the joys of life directed by Mark Forster, which is funny because I think he directed World War Z. And then um, stars, obviously, Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan himself, Haley Atwell, uh, Br- Bronte Carmichael. I don't know if that's how you say it. And then Mark uh, Gettis, Oliver Ford Davies. Anyways, so... Um, yeah, one thing people should know about the podcast, never quote us on the name pronunciation right. of our actors probably just didn't say the right things at all. Yeah. Um, so I don't think the marketing... Uh, was quite as effective um, in kind of portraying what the movie is actually about. This movie is not really like for young kids. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for a couple of elements, one, it's it's more about Christopher Robin, which I think is why that it, it was a great idea they named the movie Christopher Robin. Yeah. Uh, but I did enjoy it. Um, I thought it was I thought it was good, not great. Um, it was endearing. Had a lot of little good one lines. All the best parts of the movie are the time that you spend with. 
uh, you know, Eeyore and Pooh and Piglet and Tigger and, you know, all those people. Yeah. And uh, they have, Eeyore especially has a lot of really good one-liners. Yeah. <laughs> like really, really good one-liners. Yeah. You know, he's such a downer all the time and everything's so <laughs> negative. Oh, <bother. laughs> and um, I did really, really enjoy that. The animation was really good too. Mm-hmm. They looked like, you know, kind of like, uh, living stuffed animals, but like not in a threatening way. I thought that was actually <laughs> could be scary because I know when people were first seeing images, people were like, "That's creepy." It wasn't that. It wasn't creepy at all. I thought it was a little creepy. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, the movie, the movie, me. it was not creepy at all. With Everything the dark was, lighting and like right. the the somber, like in British, like you know, atmosphere of like the cloudiness. <laughs> it was just everything seemed yeah. like threat thriller, like slasher. Yeah. So it's Christopher Robin's movie. So that's the thing to to remember. Um, and it's really about him. In a similar sense that Hook was more about, uh, less about Neverland and more about um, Robin Williams' character, yeah. Peter, kind of remembering his childhood and what's really important in life, basically. Yeah. So it's that's kind actually, of the same thing. That's kind of the comparison I was making in my head. Right. It's it, it's almost the same thing. This is a little bit uh, less, less, less kid-ish. Because Hook um, was still there's some, very there's much some a stuff in home. here that is there's a lot of stuff that would go over my kids' heads. Okay, just because they're young though, I think kids a little bit older, um, in the elementary years would it'd probably appreciate this. But also, um, my kids aren't as familiar with Winnie the Pooh as like I was. Just I don't I don't know if there's a lot of it marketing out mm. there for Winnie the Pooh these days. I'm sure there is, but I'm not familiar with it. You'd know better than I would. Um, I have right. no reason to check out Winnie so, the Pooh stuff. Um, but for that, I mean, other than that, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Well acted, Mm -hmm. um, appropriately like cheesy. Yeah. Um, and I thought that, um, I thought that the voice acting for that, for all the hundred acre woods animals was awesome. It sounded Mm -hmm. like what I remember them sounding like in all the cartoons and movies and stuff like that. Nice. So I, I was, uh, very appreciative of that. I just felt like it was a little, um, vanilla and that's the only, that's really the only thing that I feel like. Uh, would keep this thing from being a really great movie is it's vanilla they didn't take any risks mm. um and the whole time i saw you and mcgregor i was like man i really hope they they can sort out this whole star wars thing and get him to be obi-wan again soon. <laughs> um that's it, funny i was just distracted the whole time because that's I, I'm, I'm knee deep in a new star wars book so i'm kind of like <laughs> i keep thinking about star wars that's probably not good when you go see a movie with an actor and you want to more see them in a different film, right? That's, well, I haven't seen your... Ewan in a while, so I true. and I kind of because I never saw Train Spotting two or any yeah. of the other projects he's worked on recently. So, yeah. I, uh, anyways, so that's what I was thinking of the whole time. It was kind of this had a lot of little sweet moments. It connected with me specifically. You know how movies connect with different people for different reasons. That's mm. the uh, that's the subjectivity of film, I think. But for me, I, I connected with it a little bit because it, there's this dynamic between the the father and the daughter. I don't have daughters, but I have children, and there's this kind of this like, oh man, I like I was I was kind of like, come on, Christopher Robin, get your act together. I was kind of like like I was invested in that relationship. So um, that was that was where I kind of you know, related to it and had empathy towards the situation. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was all right. I thought it was good. Um, could have been better. I think if it was maybe marketed differently, Mm. um, too, because it, it, they kind of portray it to be like Winnie the Pooh movie. Wait, it's called Christopher Robin. Why? (laughs) Well, Christopher Robin's really the main character and that's why they stick with him most of the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, any, I guess any, questions no i mean it didn't look like it had a lot 
really to connect into or latch on to. There's I, not. I I'm mean, I'm not a huge Winnie the Pooh fan. I'll just say it. Really? I, no, I'm not attacking him. I look at you and I'm like, dude, that is a Winnie the Pooh fan. If I've ever no, seen I was him. more like you know, <laughs> you know, Power Rangers, more like explosions and jumping around, and you know, I liked loud and noisy. Yeah. Whereas Winnie the Pooh was always like, oh, do, 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 <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. There's a lot of that like unconventional. Um, childlike wisdom in, in like what Winnie the Pooh talks about and says. Yeah. And I kind of like that. And he's always kind of been like that. And yeah. that's the, some of the stuff that I thought was endearing and nice. And I like that stuff. And yeah. I think by the time I, when I was a kid and I finally found out about Winnie the Pooh, I was already too old to really feel like I, I enjoyed it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, Winnie the Pooh, I'm too old for you. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it was like <laughs> seven or eight when I first encountered Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. And at that point I was already like way beyond where I felt like I needed to be. Even yeah. as a kid, I'm recognizing this. So I did appreciate in this movie, that uh, it's a Disney film, which which is great. But I think as the movie progressed, the, the, uh, Ewan McGregor and all the animals, a bunch of people said poo a bunch of times. And mm-hmm. they didn't resort to making a bunch of low lowest common denominator poo That's good, because I was just about to... <laughs> they did not say anything. <laughs> Literally about I was and, and I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah. There, there was one time where he said something and like I felt like they were trying, like they were going to go the Joker route, but they just kind of kept moving. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm glad they didn't go that route because I feel like that's a real cheap laugh. Was this set, it is, yeah. yeah. Was this set in modern times? No, no, no. It was no, taking place back in the day. That's yeah. what I figured because the original was set back in like the... It's like in the 40s or 40s or 50s. 50s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um... And then I thought it was, uh, I thought it was cute, charming. I yeah. guess not. Would you? Who would you recommend it to, or would you recommend it? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think um, parents of kids would probably enjoy it, and okay. older kids. Uh, yeah. So like fourth, fifth, sixth, yeah. older. So maybe know. what they were going for was, you know, people grew up watching Winnie the Pooh yeah. and really enjoying it, and they were trying to make a movie for right. that demo. And yeah. it just didn't really work. But yeah, um, I did. I mean, I enjoyed it. Uh, again, the the animals are all the best parts of it. Eeyore is my favorite um, in this one. But uh, I'm gonna give it an 81. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah better than the shark movie we talked yeah. about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. That I thought it was a better film movie. than than the Meg. <laughs> cool. But um, yeah. So that's Christopher Robin. Definitely let us know what you guys thought about that. But we got one more movie to talk about. This one you saw. Yes. I did not get a chance to see. Yeah. Why don't you break it down for us? <laughs> I'm gonna break it down a little bit. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna give a preface to this and say I'm not gonna talk about some elements of this film because okay. there's some aspects of it that are very political. Yeah. And we generally on the podcast don't get into politics and political yeah. discussion whatever our views are we just right. it's not a part of what we try to do here right. um, but that being said we're talking about a film called Black Klansman Black Klansman I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it at this point I probably should look that Klansman. up yeah it's Black Kate Klansman it's so, just Black Klansman yeah Black Klansman there yeah. you go <laughs> um, so it's a synopsis for this Ron Stallworth an African American police officer from Colorado successfully manages to infiltrate the local Ku Klux Klan with the help of a white surrogate who eventually becomes head of the local branch directed by Spike Lee uh, stars a, a couple different people we got Alec Baldwin uh, who's very brave briefly in it. I'm not sure why he's even like listed almost. Uh, plays really no significant point in it. Uh, John David Washington, he's probably your main char- one of your main characters, Ron Stallworth. Um, you have Brian Tarantina, Officer Clay Mullaney, um, Adam Driver as Flip Zimmerman, Laura Harrier as Patrice Dumas, um, Michael Buscemi as Jimmy Creek, uh, Ken Garrido as Sergeant Trapp. Uh, there's there's a pretty sizable cast. Uh, uh, Chief Bridges is Robert John Burke, who's in there, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. as Mr. Turrentine. Um, so again, this is a Spike Lee film. Okay. And uh, I don't have you watched Spike Lee films? Are you Spike Lee uh, guy? At all? I've in the past. In the past. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. It's... 
I'm not, and okay. it's not. It was nothing against Spike Lee. I just never had a chance to kind of really get into the whole Spike Lee kind of surgeons. For you know, he he had a really popular rise. You know, in like the late '80s, early '90s, and then he's yeah. kind of recently. He he kind of became more of an icon and kind of a, a known for certain films, and then he kind of fell off a little bit as far as like you know popular. Sure, everybody knows him, but right. not necessarily knows his films. Uh, and then this is, I believe, this has actually been his most successful release, uh, theatrical release ever, oh, uh, as okay. far as like actual like you know viewings and it's, showings. It's uh, critically acclaimed. Yeah, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, it's getting some good reviews yeah. um, from people, and I think for the most part. There were some really good elements to the story. and It looked interesting to me. Like, I really wanted to see it. Yeah. What I can say um, about the film itself is that the acting was pretty on point. Yeah. For the most part. Adam Driver, how was he? He was great. Yeah? Honestly, uh, I think him, I think he was probably one of my favorites. Him and John David Washington were yeah, yeah, probably yeah. for sure my two favorites. And Yeah, John David Washington. He they create the this very interesting relationship in the film between the two of them mm-hmm. that I think, um, oh, and Topher Grace is in it as well as David Duke. Um, <laughs> Topher Grace, your yeah. alter ego. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> exactly. I don't talk about that guy enough considering he's like my brother. Venom. Yeah. Um, they they created a really fun dynamic, the the two of them it kind of at times is almost like a buddy cop film i wouldn't say that it's that it's much more a film about a uh, a concept an idea right which is race and the whole Mm -hmm. race relations and police brutality and the way the ku klux klan is treated and you know uh, black panthers and everything like that and Mm -hmm. it really goes into that territory really goes into talking about and discussing the way that whites and blacks and how we treat each other and and views and perspectives on it I'm not going to make any impression or say anything in regards to how I felt like those different elements were treated in the film. Mm-hmm. I'm going to purely break this down on the basis of what I thought is just a pure filmic type thing. Okay. Um, because again, I'm go- also going into the saying that I haven't seen any Spike Lee joints. Sure. And this is my first one. Yeah. Um, I really appreciated the acting and yeah. I really appreciated sometimes the quirkiness, I would say, that I got from the characters and the style of the filmmaking. Some of the things that I really didn't like about the film, there was a pacing aspect. Oh, and really? I think this is one of the things about Spike Lee that he just does in his films, where things are very rapid cut mm-hmm. at times in, in a way that's almost, it, it almost feels silly. Okay. And it feels like, well, I never really had a chance to like get into that moment because it was like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And then it just jumps between these different things. Very, like two frames almost. Yeah. Like, doosh, doosh, doosh. And it just kind of like, it, it was off-putting because mm-hmm. it, there would be it was it was frustrating to me because I would be getting into the film, the beginning, the characters and the story and the way it's moving forward, and then something would happen and it was this stylistic choice. You know, he would do these things at times where he had like these these outlines of the characters that like float towards you like in blank black space, like just floating towards just an you. Artistic and choice, of yeah, some sort, right? and these okay. framing ash like the way that something would like uh, tighten in or like zoom in right. on a shot or frame in. And it would it would draw me out of the moment out of the movie, right? Because it it felt more like he was trying to stylistically say something by framing things or showing things in a specific way, instead of kind of just letting it breathe and letting it be what it needed to be. Okay. If that makes I sense. Gotcha. So it's the difference between just telling a story and portraying that visually in a way that people can take from it what it is that they're supposed to take, yeah. versus being like, "Look at what I'm showing you. This is yeah. this," and it felt like. Every like ten to fifteen minutes, something would happen where it was very much like, "Look at this thing that's oh, happening," real. and it just it got a little frustrating. 
because I would get into the film and then it would pull me out. And I would get in because the acting is really good. Right. Cinematography, for the most part, is really good. They, the other thing that I that I didn't necessarily like about it, and it might have just been on, and I I need to research a little bit about this. So this is also based upon a true story. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. how true it is, um, as far as embellishing in different aspects yeah. and elements, but um, based on a true story, uh, the music that went with this film at times was very fitting. But then at other times it would go in this direction that felt very 80s, like late 80s, early 90s, right? Almost like a like a you know a Shaft or like black exploitation type film yeah, yeah, from like the 80s or something. And I'm like, he might be doing that on purpose to kind of make a point, but it it just didn't really fit with the tone and the style of the moment. And I felt like if he had just gone for a more standard soundtrack mm-hmm. for things, then it would have been a kind of more. And again, he might have been doing that on purpose. He might have been saying like look, this is you, what you think is standard and I'm going to do what I think and I want is standard to try and set up a new right. a new type of standard for these types of things. You. But all this combined, putting all those elements combined, made it like, it was almost like a a high than low, high than low type experience for me. Yeah. Uh, it ends as well, and I will say this, it ends in a pretty strong way. You know, okay. the whole film is kind of building towards this conclusion when you know the direction it's going. Um and I like the way it concluded and the way it kind of all wrapped up in a yeah. sense. But then it goes into this like very real. So it, it, it ties it to the real story, but then it goes like, this is what's happening in our current society right, 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 right. and what's happening right now. And that was really strong. Yeah. Like to the point where that all happens. They're showing like real footage from like real things yeah. that are happening. And then it like the movie ends and like nobody in the theater is saying anything. And it was like the whole movie was kind of this fun romp. It's like silly and goofy, but serious at times when it needed to be. Um, and then it goes to this really like, oh my goodness, that's intensely serious right. type thing at the end. And it left me with like a really bad taste in my mouth. Because it felt like you were almost setting me up to get to this point with the story where then you could just show me all this stuff and just throw this really intense thing in my face at the end. So, you weren't ready for it. I wasn't ready for it, you know. I it, <laughs> wasn't ready. You know, it's like the difference between telling a <laughs> like a, a fictional portrayal of a real story, but then going into like a documentary, and hmm. not even like a nice documentary, like a really intense, dark documentary. Some of the stuff that you're describing to me artistically, I feel like I might like it, but I'm not sure. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. I mean, I know we'll I know some of the stylistic stuff. I know the quick cuts. I know the the framing and the you know the heads floating towards the screen. And I know that <laughs> he always like does that. like a I forget what they call it, but it's like. Um, it's like a dolly track shot yeah. where the characters are on the dolly and they're like moving with the camera, yeah. yep. whereas the environment is shifting around them. Yeah. And he always does that in pretty much every one of his movies. That's yeah. kind of he's, what he's known for. But I, I don't really feel like at this point, those really aid in the story. Okay. It felt more, again, like you were trying to manipulate me into seeing something a very specific way and being like, look at that. John David Washington, um, who is awesome. I just found out as a producer on yeah. a movie that I really like that you weren't a huge fan of, which is The Book of Eli. What? There you go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to give us a rating. Yeah. Uh, it's slightly higher than the Meg. I'm putting it at a 79. Okay. Um, B. C plus. I, I was close to giving into the B range, yeah. but it just kept pulling me out so many times, uh. and that that ending really like left me with a pretty harsh vibe. <laughs> I guess I would uh, say. Okay. Um, 
it's not a bad movie. I yeah. think if you're somebody, especially that's really into cinema and film, yeah, and want your films to kind of have take on a dip, deeper meaning, uh, this is one I would encourage you to check out. And I'm not saying not to watch it, but just this you know. is on. I have a couple of movie lists, like movies I got to get to eventually, and then I have a movie list that's like these are more of a high priority. Yeah, this is on that high priority list along with some other ones. But okay, cool. Yeah. So C- there you go. C plus in it. Yep. Sweet. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for uh, today's episode um so thanks for for tuning in and all that fun stuff real quick just a reminder if you want to get connected with us you can do that uh via instagram twitter facebook at real review media you can email us at real review media at gmail.com also go to our realreviewmedia.com page to see all of that stuff it's all there centrally located there for you to connect with us and uh you can do all that but yeah let us know what you guys saw about that movie if you enjoyed it if you had uh, all those movies if you if you enjoyed them if you had fun <laughs> uh, if you want to see, see more uh, Jason Statham punching sharks in the face movies and stuff like that yes and uh, I don't yeah <laughs> I do I don't um, anyways um, let us know what you guys saw Joel do you have anything else you want to add to that Rain Wilson was really weird in that movie I just we never even talked it was, about it it was, it was a little odd but at yeah. the same time I haven't really seen him in anything in a while so I know yeah, yeah. anyway but anyways nope, I'm done guys Thanks for checking us out and uh, have an awesome day. It's been real. It's been real.